Greetings, journeyers. Welcome back to Read Keeper's Journey. This episode, we discover new things about the cuts on Michael's face as we return back to the forest where the boys continue to search for a way back home. Now, back to the story. Chapter 25 Michael was not happy. He stared at the tent flap through which the crazy redhead had just stormed out. Gingerly, he shook his head. Quicksilver did not begin to describe the girl's temperament. He laid back on his cot, moving carefully to avoid jostling his shoulder, or his side, or every other part of his body that seemed to be made of pain and woe. With his head finally resting on the tiny pillow, he stared at the deep green roof of the portable enclosure. He tried to remember what had happened. A red mist obscured his memory of the battle. He remembered rage and something else. Humiliation? It was the anger that baffled him. He knew he tended to have a shorter fuse than most, but what he felt seemed, his mind grasped at a word, unholy, and dropped it. It had felt unnatural. Ever since he crossed over, his temper played on the edge of his thoughts. He absently scratched the cuts on his face. It seeped in and tainted everything. He had fought with Kin, which was ridiculous. He used to laugh off people like Zoe, but she was forever under his skin. He was even angry right now. The frustration of his injuries and the sense that the answer was just outside his grasp roiled inside him. He dug at his cheek. Again, his temper began to rise. The fact that he knew he was getting angry without cause just fed the rage. The cuts from his dream were on fire. He jerked his hand away from his face and closed his eyes. He took several very long, deep breaths to calm down. He opened his eyes and stared at his left hand that was balled into a fist. He made a deliberate effort to unclench his fist. His hand relaxed. For a moment, he thought he was going to bash in his own skull. He stared at his hand and then realized it was covered with blood. He bolted upright, ignoring the searing pain in his side. He snatched a cloth and pressed it against his cheek. What was happening to him? He knew the cut should be long gone, but he could feel the blood soak through the rag. They're connected, he whispered. Had the dream done something to him? Gently, he pulled himself to his feet. The three steps it took to reach the tent door left him breathless from pain and exertion and he had to pause several seconds until he could summon enough energy to exit the tent. Stillness draped the encampment. Michael caught glimpses of armor slide on the edge of his vision as the Methtap patrolled the perimeter. He spied two men heading in his direction across the middle of the camp. With a grunt, Michael straightened to face the newcomers. He didn't want to appear weak in front of them. The two were a foreboding pair, one huge and burly, the other short and solid. Both radiated a sense of purpose, and their countenance spoke of a warning to anyone who would hinder their path. With a start, Michael realized he was looking at Bear and Steve. Their journey was beginning to leave a mark on them. Bear stood straighter, making him appear even taller and somewhat menacing. Steve strolled beside the giant, his dishwater hair pulled into a typical ponytail. His beard seemed to sharpen his keen blue eyes. 
and the spear in his grasp complemented the jaunty warrior look perfectly. You should not be up, Bear admonished as he approached. His large hazel eyes filled with gentle concern. He took Michael's right arm and placed it on his big shoulders. Thanks, Michael grunted. Just try and hunch down a little bit, big guy. I'm not that tall. Steve peered at Michael's cheek. What happened? These are the cuts I got in my dream, Michael said. They didn't look that nasty earlier, Steve said. Bear, can you help me over to that big log? Michael asked. The large man began to move after a quick nod from Steve. Oh. Michael placed himself on the remains of the fallen tree. Thanks. He took a few breaths and continued. You said I kind of wigged out during the fight. Total berserker rage, Steve said. You decimated like five of those things and then turned on us. I think there's something wrong with me. I, I may have been poisoned or something. Ever since we got here, I've been fighting with my temper. I keep feeling this rage inside me. Remember that argument I had with Ken? We, we never fight like that. And Zoe, ugh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed, Bear said. Why would anger make you feel like you've been poisoned? I meant poison for lack of a better word. Michael stomped on the spark of exasperation that tried to ignite his temper. He deflated. See? That's what I'm talking about. Everything pisses me off. And I think these cuts have something to do with it. Every time my temper crops up, they feel like they're, I don't know, covered in poison oak. Are you sure it's just not nerves? Steve asked. Nerves? Are you kidding me? Michael snapped. Look, I know who I am, and this is not me. But if you don't want to believe me, I don't need your help. Steve reached up and wiped Michael's face. Okay, I believe you. He displayed the blood on his fingertips before he wiped them on the grass. You get angry, you bleed. What do you need us to do? Bear, you better go get Zoe, Michael said. Part of him had hoped that they would convince him there was nothing wrong. Maybe she'll know what to do. Steve watched Bear leave and then turned back to Michael. And Michael let his body sag. Is it that obvious? Michael, we've known each other since the fourth grade. I don't know what's happening to me. I feel like I'm, I'm losing my mind, Michael said, running his fingers through his hair. Sanity is overrated. Steve placed a comforting hand on his shoulder. I'm just exhausted. Every time I feel like I'm getting a handle on this whole situation... A black-headed monster bites you on the shoulder? Steve gently shook him. Look, I get it. You're worried you're going to go crazy and hurt one of us. Or worse. Mikey, that's not going to happen. Steve knelt before him. Look at me. It's not going to happen. Okay? Okay, steve -O. Thanks. Michael sniffed, a little embarrassed. How are you holding up? Me? Steve laughed. I'm scared out of my freaking gourd. Michael looked at his friend in disbelief. Dude, this is way too crazy for me, Steve said. I feel like I'm in some movie or something. 
I just hope I'm the main character. I'll tell you one thing. There's no way I'm putting on a red shirt. Michael coughed a weak laugh. Nice. Do you think this place has any green women? It wouldn't surprise me, but I think it's the red-headed ones you gotta look out for. Steve nodded in the direction of an approaching storm, shaped as a young girl. Zoe strode up with her face painted with murder. What are you doing? Sitting, Michael said. What's it look like? It looks like you're wasting my efforts in restoring your health, she snipped. And you, Lectoc, do you have any sense? She glared at Steve. Why, do you need some? Steve smiled. I asked him to bring me out here. Michael defended his friend. I wanted to be under the trees. Very well. Your pet Lestrogan has fetched me. What is it that you want? A soft, deep growl came from Bear. To Michael, it sounded like a train rolling in the distance. A train transporting explosives. Zoe glanced up at the man and quickly recanted her statement. Please, forgive me, Lestrigon Bear. She bowed her head. You are a proud and gentle people. Please do not let my foolishness anger you. She turned to Michael. What do you want, Reed Keeper? The girl was still being ridiculous. In the tent, he had merely complimented how nice her hair looked unbraided. He had only wanted to thank her for her help, and her hair did look pretty down. Now the red hair was braided so tight that it looked like it would never loosen. So it's complicated. He didn't know where to start. Michael believes that there's a correlation between his recent aggression and the marks on his face. Bear said. Steve gave a low whistle. Check out the brain on Bear. Bear shuffled his feet. Michael could swear that there was a hint of blush beneath the brown thatch on his friend's face. That's the gist of it. The angrier I get, the more inflamed my cuts become. Let me see. She placed her fingers on his forehead. Something warmed worked its way through his body. The gentleness of her touch belied her stern look. Michael watched her eyes as her face drew closer to his, and he felt he did an excellent job not noticing the flecks of gold in her bright green eyes as she peered at his injury. This is not natural. Her lips thinned with concern. We must return home. Mother will have to examine these. Michael reached up and took her hand. She already has, and we can't go back. Her gaze didn't waver, but her features softened. Very well, Reed Keeper. I will summon Zine. Perhaps she will know of a treatment. Lestrogan Bear, would you assist him to his tent? Of course. Bear knelt and placed a thick arm under Michael's legs. Come on, Michael. Bear stood without effort. He was much stronger than Michael would have guessed. He laid his head on Bear's chest in exhaustion. Before they could reach the tent, the white-haired Metaf was waiting for them. She didn't speak, for the steel-gray eyes spoke volumes of disapproval. She followed them in as Bear laid Michael down on his cot. Please wait outside. Zoe and I will see to him. Zine said to Bear, after he exited, she knelt beside Michael. I saw these marks the day we met, Zine said. She dabbed at his face with a damp cloth. But now, they look fresh. 
I know. I had them for weeks, but they just, they just won't heal. Zine turned his head to the left and then the right with a gentle hand. What did these to you? The same cold despair he felt when the unthing appeared in Hippolyta's chamber washed over him. Something cut me in my dream. Where do you come from? Zine asked urgently. Speak plainly. She looked to Zoe when he didn't answer. He told me they came from a black pool in a cave, Zoe answered, standing over him. A blonde? Is that where you come from? Zine's eyes spoke of amazement. I don't know, Michael answered. It is how he explained it to me, Zoe said. I didn't believe him. I thought he was teasing. What's a pull-on? Michael asked. Pull-on, Zine corrected. It's a door of sorts. In the old time, before the division, Inani could carry whomever they chose across great distances. But these wounds seem to be connected to something. Sister, look at this. Zoe moved to them. The scent of her hair filled his head. He marveled at the pale skin of her throat as she drew closer. There is a connection here, Zine said. If you mean that they are connected to my face... Quiet, great keeper, Zoe ordered, but without conviction. I see it. It is as if it is tied to another place. What are you talking about? Michael was beginning to get agitated. The girls gasped. See? See how it pulls at him? Zine said. What? Michael tried to sit up. Zoe tenderly put a hand on his chest. Be still, Michael, she whispered in awe. Michael complied. Zine looked him in the eye. There is a link between you and somewhere else through these marks. You are nodded to it, and it to you. I cannot explain it plainer than that. I have seen similar bonds in the tying of first braids, but this is unnatural. I do not know how your anger is joined to this, but we both witnessed the correlation. Your anger aggravates the link, and it injures you. I dare not sever the relationship, as I do not know what would happen. For now, Michael Reed, you must remain calm and master yourself. I'll try, he said, but his focus was on Zoe's warm hand and not on supernatural knots and bonds. Very well, Zine straightened. Now, rest. You must take light and water for several days before we can continue on. Michael shook his head. We leave tomorrow. I have to get my sister home. Zoe looked at him with suspicion and then nodded. We will leave tomorrow. Rest now and regain your strength. Zoe stood and followed Zine out of the tent. Michael watched her go. He had to keep himself from any distractions. His responsibilities lay with his sister and his friends. He could not fail them. Still, the thought of Zoe's warm touch pushed him into a deep sleep. That's all for this week, Journeyers. Return next week for Stacy, Heather, and Ken as they race to catch up with their friends. Thank you for listening, and be good to one another. And vote! <laughs>